we are on the brink of a mental health crisis. And this is why I am so appreciative of the folks over at BetterHelp. They provide the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up today. Go to BetterHelp.com and use the promo code SOLVINGHEALTHCARE and get 10% off sign-up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Podcast Nation, we brought back the one and only Deborah Sloan talking about perimenopause, talk about how to mitigate some of those symptoms. This was something that came up frequently in our previous conversation. And uh, honestly, I've had a lot of seasoned healthcare professionals ask me about this. So I figured let, let's, do, let's do this show, posting it on our Solving Wellness platform immediately, but we'll uh, also bust this podcast out. So yeah, people, I think uh, if this is your demographic, you are going to get so much information from Deb Sloan. You guys are going to enjoy this. If you're not a Solving Wellness member, what's going on? You got to jump on the train. This is our, our way of reducing burnout amongst healthcare professionals. We got online workouts, yoga classes, nutrition tips, cooking classes, mindful meditation. And we got a great community that connects with each other. We're approaching 300 members, building something that's a force, yo, changing the boogie for real. Anyways, without further ado, let's jump on it. Deborah Sloan. Qualcast Nation solving wellness community. We had to bring back the one and only Deborah Sloan. Welcome back, Deb. How are you feeling? I'm good, Claude. How are you? Good, good, good. Every time I see you, it makes me instantaneously want to do some push-ups or some <laughs> kettlebell swings. Just, yeah, it's so fit. It's, uh, it's incredible. And uh, I, w- I will say on a personal level, I don't, Kath- I don't think Kathy will mind me saying my wife found you not knowing that we've uh, done a show together which is unbelievable. So I, I love uh, the way we've uh, been able to connect in that way. I feel like that's Ottawa for you. O-Town for real. So listen, we, we, we decided to bring you back to talk about a topic that I think a lot of middle-aged women are going through kind of like the uh, perimenopausal, like symptoms of poor energy, trying to, you know, get some of that body fat off and, and they're really struggling to do so. And I guess maybe just Deb, maybe we'll start off by, by saying like, how common are you seeing this? Like with, uh, with our middle-aged uh, 
females? I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge part of my practice over the last couple of years. It's just, I just feel like I'm seeing the same person come into my office and it's the same story. So I started uh, doing more research in that demographic and what's going on. I took a course on menopausal athletes and, and stuff because I really, I mean, obviously it struck a chord with me. I'm 30, almost 39 and starting to notice some of those changes myself. And, you know, I think it's about trying to not fear what sort of the inevitable is, but taking it into our own hands and doing what we can do to control what we can control and the factors that we can control. Cause there's a lot that we kind of can't and there's the natural process of aging. And um, I think that just started, you know, what pushed me into actually doing more research, not only because I was kind of moving into those years, but it was just coming up over and over again. And it was the same, it was the same feeling and sentiment. It was, you know, this feeling of desperation and feeling of, <laughs> I used to be able to know what my body was doing and if I wanted to gain weight or lose weight or push a little harder, you know, I felt like I knew what I had to do, you know, clean up my diet a little bit, cut carbs a little bit, or, you know, watch my calories, stop eating sweets as much, like just little things that they could do. And they say, and then I would, you know, gain or lose those five pounds that I wanted or, you know, come off of a vacation or that kind of thing and just be able to get back where they felt comfortable and sort of hitting that post post baby I mean, not everybody post baby but a lot of the, the women i see sort of have their have their kids and just feel you know they hit 40 and it's just things aren't working like they used to i mean that that's really what i hear it's things aren't working like they used to and so you know it starts off okay so this is cool <laughs> we just have to do this and make a little change and then they reach this point of complete desperation. Um, energy levels are low. Anxiety and different different mental health things start coming up. Um, stress levels are high. They're thinking about it all the time. They become consumed with it. They're not comfortable with their body composition. Belly fat, belly fat, belly fat. It's like all I hear. What's going on with this belly fat? Like my my belly just doesn't look the same. It's all in my belly. It's it's it's. I mean, it's just every single woman at the stage is saying the same things. I'm not sleeping well. Um, I feel brain fog. I mean, all of these things. And so, and I mean, it it hits people at different ages. It's not always forty, forty five. It could be give or take. But it's just starting to notice the changes, and they want to. They know they want to do something about it. They just don't know what. And there's so much out there. Um, it gets, you know, confusing. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I think what you're describing is a lot of people, you know what I mean, that are going through these uh, these times and these struggles. And it's so hard to navigate what to do. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of how to improve your your body comp, your, how you feel that get rid of that brain fog. And so what are like, what are some of the things that you recommend to your clients to maybe we'll start off with whatever you want with, with the mental side or the, uh, or, or the physical side, maybe it all ties together. You do a couple of things. All ties. All ties. Yeah. I mean, it all ties together. I mean, I think, 
you know, the and, and some of the things are, are going to be repeats from last time because they're they're key themes. And I was happy to hear the feedback from some of the people that listened to that podcast. Um, somewhere along the lines, I did so much talking that actually the summary points came through, which was um, protein is really important. Strength training is really, really important. And um, those are the two, I'd say, key things when it comes to body composition and energy levels that make a huge difference. Um, but it's other things too, like stress management, which is easier said than done. Um, you know, sleep health a little bit, which again is easier said than done, but some of the things that we can do, like turning off our screens a little earlier, I should take some of my own advice. Um, you know, thinking about where you have your caffeine intake in the day you know, little things like that, that may, that may be things that you did all through your twenties and thirties and, you know, didn't, you didn't blink an eye and, and it never affected you because you could kind of do whatever you wanted when you were 25, but things that now that you're sort of hitting those years and there's other things going on, more stressors, more anxiety in life, more, um, hormone fluctuations through the cycle, which are changing all kinds of, regulatory things that weren't, you know, were more normal on your cycle in a more predictable way are now becoming less predictable. So little things like having a coffee or a second coffee at 3 p.m. that has a half-life of a very long time could be something that's adding insult to injury mm -hmm. or, you know, watching stimulating TV or being on your screen, which we know kind of can affect some things, might cause more restless sleep. Um, th those types of little things, I think, do make a big, bigger difference than, than we think. And again, they're the things that we can control because we can't really control what's going on with estrogen and progesterone, but we, you know, we can try to control the things or preemptively control also the trajectory of the next, you know, 15 years where when we hit 55 or 60 and are actually in menopause and don't have any of those hormones, um, what are we doing now to make sure that we can, we're in the best place that we can be by the time we're there? I think that needs to be reinforced a little bit too. Like, like, so what you're saying is you're building that foundation so that when you get to the prime years, you're less likely to feel like you're in the prime years. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, to, to feed off of that, I think that's where, you know, again, although the nutrition side is is key in terms of making sure that you can see the results and, and get all the nutrients that you need out of what you're doing, um, the, the strength training is like this magical thing that I think we just can't, it's sort of non-negotiable. Um, I mean, it's never too late to start, but the sooner the sooner you do it, uh, the better place you'll be. So, I mean, if you're starting and you've never started at 38 or 39, you know, we still have estrogen. We still have some of that hormone that allows us to, to build muscle. By the time you're 55, I mean, that active form of estrogen that allows you to actually build is pretty much gone. So the capacity to maintain your body composition will continue to get harder so I think the key in that is to say, just get, prioritize your, your small amount of time that you have to doing the thing that's going to benefit you the most, which 
you know, in my opinion, of course, is do, you know, do what you want to do and, and have fun and, and get active, but focusing on lifting heavier so that you can prime yourself for the natural process of aging and the lack of estrogen, which is going to diminish your capacity to do that in the next 15 years is to get going with building the muscle memory earlier. And, and, and how does that, so say you are, you're having that body comp issue now, you got that belly fat, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you, are you saying that's going to help you rid yeah. of that body, like adjust that body, that body comp and when you're that, you know, late thirties, early forties or whatever. I mean, belly fat's an interesting one because I tend to find that that's also related to sort of visceral fat levels tend to go up with cortisol and, and stress levels. So I do want to make sure that we don't miss the sort of overdoing it and under eating it part, because that's something that I think, especially with those people that are already athletes and are already, you know, have gone past that. They're so desperate that they're doing all the things and it just ends up being a big fat disaster. Um, is, 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 <laughs> no, but it um, yeah, exactly. Is, is just, uh, yes. I mean, the, you can't spot train. I mean, you can't spot train the belly fat off by doing, you know, 14 hours of abs, but the idea here is that this is a longer term process of body comp change. Like I'm not so much focusing on the weight loss piece at this point, but it's more focusing on what are you doing to build the lean mass that will help you maintain that basal metabolic rate, which isn't going down as much as we think it is, but it, it is shifting a little bit every few years as that percentage of muscle mass is slowly shifting lower. So it's, it's partially a preemptive preventative measure. Um, and I think, you know, the piece that gets missed about the strength training and the exercise, but specifically the strength training is this, the capacity to use energy better, the capacity to use fuel better, the capacity to burn carbs more efficiently, which are all things that, I mean, as you lose muscle mass, of course, but just as you age and your hormones are, are shifting, we get less efficient at all of those things. Um, you know, furthermore, if you're less active than you were when you were 25, then you're not going through as much energy. But, but what's happening when you actually build strength and build muscle and you work those muscles hard is that you become more insulin sensitive. You, you create larger storage sites for glucose and carbs. I mean, who there's, there's no menopausal women or perimenopausal women that I know that doesn't love carbs. So this is, you know, this is again, something that I think functionally in your life um, allows you to live a more normal quality of life while, you know, what you're doing as far as the input of your time is giving you the, the, the greatest benefit. I, I mean, I'm less, I'm less committed to how many calories did I burn in that 45 minute session. I mean, I burn more calories running for 45 minutes than I do strength training in that net amount of time. But what I'm, I'm sort of more concerned about is what is the long-term process of that 45 minutes? Is it helping me burn more energy later in the day? Is it helping me create a higher RMR? Um, is it helping me, improve my body composition so that I can progressively overload and get stronger and leaner and build more muscle mass so that my, my basal metabolic rate or my, my resting metabolic rate continues to be high. I mean, 
eating less and eating less. I mean, there's no, there's really nowhere to go from there. So, mm-hmm. so this is something that we can do to indirectly affect the belly fat because you're helping to, to change the way your body comp is, is actually composed, right? I mean, losing yeah. weight is not really the answer. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. The answer is, you know, get that lean muscle mass up, increase that, increase that basal metabolic rate, get strong. You know what I mean? Use glucose. I mean, use glucose, like become a glucose user. You know, there's this thing I posted about GLUT4, which is this enzyme that gets activated when your muscles are, are, are in better shape. And when you're actually building muscle and, and using your muscles, it bypasses insulin. It brings carbs into the cells. It allows you to use them. I mean, so, so it helps us, I think, maintain what we used to do and didn't have to work as hard to do is allowing us to do that better and helping us to do that at rest better, not just when we're exercising, you know, which is contrary to, I guess, a lot of cardio, which is more time intensive. Um, there, I just think that there's greater benefits. So I guess my bias would be towards, yes, we all need to be maybe doing more activity, low level activity. We know that that counts. Cardio is great for the, the cardiovascular system. But I think if I had to say like, key point is to build muscle and work towards lifting heavier. And I know that that doesn't translate for somebody who's a beginner to, okay, well, what, what do you say to me if I'm lifting eight pound weights right now? The answer to that is lift eight pound weights. And then in two weeks from now, try to lift 10 pound weights. And in a few weeks from there, you know, have a structured program that you're following that you can track that is progressively able to overload. You don't need to be changing it all the time, all the time, all the time, something that you can consistently work towards so that you can actually build. And this is sort of like a long-term commitment. It's not like in six weeks, my belly fat will go away. Do you know what I mean? Like this is something that I think people have to understand that the consistency is there, um, that the time, this is something that you're not getting into your wedding dress for. This is something that you're planning for, for the long haul so that you're changing. Like I keep saying, changing body comp, not losing weight, just shifting that focus to what's the end game. Mm -hmm. And then just sticking with uh, resistance training, like does it translate at all to how your clients are feeling? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's what I really love about strength training outside of the the physical benefits is the mental benefits, the bone density benefits, the energy benefits, the um, feeling strong. I mean, for, for anybody, but, you know, specifically for a female, I think that ability to feel stronger and feel more functional and feel powerful is empowering. So I think that that's a real something that, that women, when they start doing it and they start seeing the changes, that's like a real sense of accomplishment. It's a real sense of encouragement um, and translate so functionally into everyday things like lifting heavy things out of a car or, you know, when you're 65, not needing to like push your, you know, get momentum to get out of that, couch that's that's on the floor and you know and preventing injury which you know i think you know you fall on the ice with your kids and you're not going to throw your back out because 
you're strong. Yeah, the foundation, yeah. No, and then and then specifically when you so you know when you talk about the brain fog and and so forth. So what what do you think is the major like what do you do to fix that? Like what do you think is the major uh, contributor to that? Um, I think there's there's not necessarily one fix. I will say that you know this is a I guess and a bit of an aside is for those people who are really experiencing. like really negative symptoms of, of perimenopause, like as they get really into those years, um, the, the thoughts around hormone therapy have changed, uh, in recent years to what they used to be as far as cancer risk. And and this is not my specialty, so I don't want to go out of my scope, but I do think that it's not something to completely, um, put out of your mind. I think that if you're really struggling um, hormone therapy can be really, really helpful. And I think it's important to find the right specialist or doctor who will help you with that. Because at a certain point, I mean, if you're having, I've spoken to women and, you know, this might be like not everybody, but this subset of women that are dealing with like, all of a sudden they have anxiety. That's like out of like they're psychopaths. Do you know what I mean? Or they're like literally who never had an issue before, they just feel like they have no control. People who are so tired that they can barely make it up the stairs. I mean, obviously I look at the dietary piece and what else is going on. Like, have you had a bite of protein this week, you know, type of thing. And that can help. But, but some of these things are not just lifestyle oriented. So it's, it's important for them to realize too, that this is a real thing and that it may not be that you're not doing enough. It may be that you need, your body needs help through this time. If your temperature regulation is so off and you're not able to sleep and, you know, your muscles are aching and and all of these things, I think it can be time to, to actually talk to your doctor about that and get, you know, you you need to be able to live your life. Um, And the cancer risks again, with different individuals, with different things for a period of time are, there there's there's obviously a a pros and cons type of scenario but but in in many cases the pros outweigh the cons um if done appropriately and for a period of time so i think it's important to validate that um because it may not be that you can just change your diet and exercise routine and all of these things will go away uh that being said if you are on a plant-based diet and you're not paying attention to your protein intake if you are training really, really hard. Um, like I just saw a couple of women yesterday that, you know, are training twice a day. They don't consider themselves athletes, but they are, and they're not fueling like they are. And they're wondering why they're not seeing results and they're not sleeping. It's because they're, they're trying so hard to see results, but not actually doing the things that will allow them to do that. Like protein around their training eating carbs before they go and do 90 minutes of intense exercise, you know, only eating 1700 calories when they're doing double workouts a day. It's, it's like sometimes eating less and doing more is not the answer. And I think when you also weigh in natural levels of cortisol that are higher with, with people who are, you know, fluctuating hormone wise, and then also sleeping worse, and then also dealing with their families and, heavy work schedules, like it's, it's a cumulative effect. 
And a little bit of cortisol is great. Like a little bit of cortisol from a CrossFit wad or whatever is good. But if it's like fight or flight all the time, it isn't good. And I think that's where sometimes people who are doing the most and eating the least um, actually see their belly fat uh, getting worse um, because it's a lot of the wrong kind of hormone that's actually breaking muscle down and promoting fat storage. All good points, Deb. And I, I guess I, you've answered this indirectly or directly at this point, but uh, like the, the magic of the pro, like why do you emphasize protein so much? Let me just put it this way. Yeah. Um, partially because, I mean, it has a lot of thermogenic benefits. So the costliness of, of processing it. So from a metabolic standpoint, um, you know, and, 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 and knowing that our body is not as good at keeping muscle or, or building muscle during these, especially during that stage. And especially as a female where we already have our disadvantage, um, protein has, well, first of all, a satiating effect. So it, it keeps us full. So that means that if we are trying to control calorie intake, we'll have an easier time doing it. Um, it'll help us feel like our blood sugar levels and, you know, potentially some of that up and down feeling that we already don't have control over with, you know, fatigue or hormones or blood sugar levels, you know, mood and stuff like that levels that out a little bit, but then that thermogenic effect, I think, meaning what that means is that we burn more energy actually processing and digesting it. Not a huge contributor, but maybe five to 15% increase in our total daily energy expenditures or as a result of eating protein. So that's not to say that these calories don't exist, but it does, it is to say that if we're looking at, you know, we have a certain set amount of calories that we know that we need to maintain or to, you know, to lose if, if a higher percentage of that is coming from protein, or if we see that we're not getting enough, it may be why we're not necessarily seeing results in body composition changes or ability to see changes, ability to stay lean. And it's sort of, again, it's one of those small factors that we do have control over. So, you know, if we're not eating enough protein, we wonder, why am I always starving and snacking at night? Or, you know, why am I getting sugar cravings throughout the day? Or why am I feeling so tired or that my muscles aren't recovering after I train and then you can't train as hard the next day? Or, you know, why do I feel like everything is sort of flat and not, I'm not actually building any muscle despite, you know, lifting or thinking that I'm doing what I should be doing in the gym. So, and if you're only eating 60 grams of protein a day or less in some cases I've seen just because they're not aware, um, that, that just isn't going to cut it, right? Especially given the already disadvantaged scenario of the aging process and being a female during times of estrogen and progesterone being kind of all over the map and an unpredictable cycle where we're having periods of time where we're catabolic or, or not really able to build and then small periods of time where we maybe are able to build. And as we get closer to menopause and estrogen is lower, we have less and less ability to build. So protein becomes more and more important as we age, especially as aging females. So I think that's a really key, key piece that you, you want to just look at in your diet, assess, am I getting enough? Do I know where my protein sources are coming from? 
you know, do I really know how much protein I'm getting? Like if you think that you're getting your protein from quinoa, you need to look again, right? And that's where I guess having a better understanding of the actual nutrition side, not, you know, I just wrote a blog on counting macros. So anybody who's interested in that and the pros and cons of that can look in, can look at that. But um, that's where a little bit of that education comes in to just know where am I getting these high sort of good amino acids, high in leucine, which is associated with muscle building? Am I getting it distributed throughout the day? Am I getting enough around my training um, so that I'm not breaking down the muscle that I have? So those are, those are, again, we're not, we're not going to solve all the problems, right? But we are going to potentially mitigate um, some of, of the, of, of the issues um, and hopefully help things, you know, move up on a better trajectory over the next 15 years. Yeah. I, I mean, even on a personal level, I must say hearing, it was great to hear a, a reminder about the, the importance of protein intake. We, you, you, you and I chatted about it. We also had Ted Naiman on the show talking about like, uh, uh, the value of, you know, focusing on protein and, uh, it was a, it was a good reminder, a healthy reminder for a lot of us. And and as you said, we often aren't taking in as much protein as you think we are. You know, what I mean, it's hard to load up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, especially if you're yeah. trying to do it, you know, like with good protein. You know, um, good protein sources. So I, I think that's a healthy reminder. So yeah, I mean, you know, you can't. I see. I see stronger challenges, obviously, with plant-based eaters, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible. It just means that you need to, you know, of course, that planning piece and uh, thinking about it just a little bit. And you know, I think what happens is, and this is common even with myself, when I'm not doing a great job of planning, I'm sort of flying by the seat of the seat of my pants, and you know, grab grab a bar, like <laughs> grab a bar, like and just like grab a little, you know, grab a few crackers. You just, just literally grab, you're just grab, grab, grab. And, and a lot of the time, those things are just sort of easy carbohydrate foods. It's, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I just think that what we're missing is, okay, so we went through that whole morning and we got to lunch and maybe we had a spattering. Oh, I had, I had a soup or I had a bowl of soup and I'm like, okay, well, that's great. But you know, like what's missing. And then then they're working out and they didn't really, you know, plan for it and they, they missed it. And then, yeah, they're having protein at dinner. Usually, usually that's not too bad, but, um, we've got a big void throughout the day. So, um, and it, it's funny because a lot of, a lot of women will say, well, I'm not really an athlete or I'm, you know, I'm not bodybuilding. I'm not looking to bulk up. And I'm like, you need more probably than a 20 year old athlete needs at this stage of your life. So it, it, whether, whether you're trying to bulk up and, you know, you're going to CrossFit doing heavy lifting or you're doing no lifting and only cardio and trying to stay lean, or if you're trying to lose weight, either way, like any of those scenarios still require a very high protein need. Um, and aging women are, I think are amongst the, the population that need the most protein of anybody. Absolutely. Any other major points that you think we've missed, uh, Deb Sloan? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the only other thing I would say to, to, to this population would be not like 
not to go too crazy because I, I guess I just want to reiterate that too much and then not fueling enough is a big recipe for disaster. So I might be only talking to that subset of the population that are sort of more in the athlete category, but this goes for recreational athletes too, where they're hitting this mark where their body composition isn't cooperating. They're seeing more belly fat. They're not able to lose the weight. And so they start pulling back their calories, pulling back, pulling back. And then they say, well, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll stop eating carbs now. And, and then I know what I'll do. I I'm, I'm training at 6am. I'm not going to eat breakfast. And all that happens and I see it all the time. And that's why I think it's really important to, to say, because we do get a lot of messaging of like it's calories in calories out and, and, you know, move more and eat less. I mean, yes, like those things are true in some cases and in a lot of cases, maybe for, you know, 80% of the population, but I do see a lot of women between the ages of, of, you know, 38 and 45 that are trying to get the baby weight off still. And they're, they're desperate, desperate, desperate. And all they're doing is putting themselves in this sort of bad hormone state of like over cortisol, not sleeping and, you know, not sleeping. So they're not recovering. And then they're training, 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 and then they're not eating. And then their body's just like completely in fight or flight mode. They're tired and they're not accepting of that. They're not accepting of rest. They're not accepting of the fact that you can't adapt to training if your body is too fatigued. And if you don't give it time to recover, um, there's just a lot of inflammation. There's, there's just too much. So I think sometimes it's just a little bit of taking a step back, fueling better, timing your nutrition. It has to be on point because we need all the little bits and pieces that we can get. And just, you know, just doing those little things and, and being a little bit kinder to ourselves, sometimes less is more. Um, it's hard to know exactly when that happens, but before you go crazy, that's when seeing someone like me is, is good to just sort of check in and make sure that we're on the right path. Absolutely. And Deb, once again, where do people get a hold of you? So uh, a good place where I'm posting, um, hopefully some useful things is, uh, at dietitian Debs. That's my Instagram, um, on Facebook, Deborah, Deborah Sloan, healthy solutions, um, or my website, which is www.debrasloanhealthysolutions.com. Um, yeah, that's where you can get a hold of me. Check me out, follow me. Do it. Posting recipes, different things. Yeah. Do it. Do it folks. Deb, all she does is win. Create winners all around. Thanks again for doing this. Much appreciated. Thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As usual, Deb, representing, representing. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Quadcast. Leave any messages or comments at Quadcast99 at gmail.com. Listen, leave us that five-star rating. You know we need it. We need it. Helps with the visibility of the show. Allows us to continue to change that boogie. Sullivan Wellness, jump on that train. You know what I'm saying? Go to SullivanWellness.com, sign up, get your first month free. Check it. Rest of y'all. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. We'll connect again real soon. Peace.